We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. What a comeback by San Francisco. Now late in the third quarter, they've come all the way back from two touchdowns. Down. How can this happen? How can this happen? Folks, here's a story about Danny the Musher. Let's get on the record. All right. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? I didn't want to go chalk. So I think. Uh-oh. I think the Lions. Really? Yeah. All right. So you heard it right here. Chiefs-Lions is Danny's Super Bowl pick. Yeah. He talked big, as big as a well, but the people he backed Always seem to fail. Heidi, 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 Heidi. 30 out of the shotgun, drops a couple of steps, gonna take a deep shot to Brandon Ayuk. It's the floor. Oh, caught it! Caught! Ayuk caught it out of the air! They go deep and they get a 51-yard completion to Ayuk on a ricochet ball. And through Vildor's hands, off his helmet, up in the air. Great concentration. I think the Lions. Really? Yeah, that's right. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. And the Lions will go for it down three. Incomplete. Lions come up empty. Certainly that will be questioned. You got the- That's a 48-yard field Thank goal you, for Dan. Badgley to tie Thank the game. You. Two decisions by Dan Campbell here in the second half will be questioned. One from the 28, one from the 30. Still got 20 minutes to go. Laporta goes in motion. Goff. Hands off. Awkward handoff to Gibbs. Boom! He fumbled the Boom! ball! He got hit. He fumbled. 49ers have the ball. Well, I picked the Lions to make the Super Bowl before the season. San Francisco 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, and the Lions are going to go back home one disappointed football team. Yeah, Texter, by the way. I did predict the Lions to be in the Super Bowl. They called him mush because everything he touched turns to mush. People go to the racetrack, and the teller will give him his tickets already ripped up. This will sting for a while. Honorary Michigander status if you want it. Eh. It's like getting your heart ripped out. One, two, three. Here we go, Tim. Here we go. Here we go, Tim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Thanks for hanging out on Parkinson Spiegel on The Score. Yes, I was that close to preseason predicting the Super Bowl outcome, but get nothing for that. The 39 to 1 future that I had for that being the matchup. Oh, you did. I was wondering if you placed that. Doesn't cash. Mm. The Lions to win the NFC doesn't cash. And then I lose money betting on the Lions in game, which basically negated what I had on them to win the division. Yeah. And all it ended up being was a prediction that was pretty good, but ultimately meaningless. I'm trying to find the timestamp of when you showed the world your tweet from preseason. Oh, because that to me 
is when the mush took place. It was right after it was right after the Ravens game, right? Like yeah. right, right before the Niners game. Four forty nine okay. p.m. Okay. I, I right. tweeted that out, and the uh, producer of the Dan Patrick Show told me to save it. <laughs> He's like, you should do this later. Uh huh. Yeah, he was, was correct. Like, I was like, I was like, oh, he was correct. Don't worry, Paulie. There's more tweets where that came from. I think he would know, right? <laughs> yeah, I would trust him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would trust Paul Paps. If yeah. I if I'm also he ought to know though. Like just speaking as one of Danny's producers, I know better than anyone yeah it's not worth it it's, he's not going to do that <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good advice considered and uh, dismissed um it noted and discarded uh, if i may dabble in mush semantics as i am wont to do the mush i think is not the pick at the beginning of the year which looked really really good all the way up until the second half of yesterday's game i'm gonna say the mush is the tweet that we're referencing from yesterday where it reminds everybody that, uh, oh, look at me, I'm right. That's the most. And again, it's what I told everyone I was sitting with, take everything you own, every cent, and bet it on the 49ers as soon as I saw that tweet. I I hope some of them did. I hope some of them did. Hmm. So some good could have come out of this entire experience. It's too bad. It's too bad. So more than Dan Campbell's decision-making, more than the fates of uh, of Detroit, more than the Niners, it's it's you to blame. I suppose... um, I don't like how everything can be a referendum on Fields v. Caleb. Having said that, is that game not as close to a shining example of why one path is more desirable than the other? That is not to say that Caleb will be Mahomes. Obviously, he won't be. Mahomes is the greatest to ever do it. But he is in that mold. That is the type of the type of quarterback you are trying to acquire. When when we talk about and others have talked about the potential NFL success comps for Caleb Williams and Justin Fields, the names that we get are Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Correct. And I love Lamar Jackson. I think that we've gotten to an interesting place in the discourse of criticizing Lamar Jackson because of the completely ridiculous criticism that he's faced along the way. Bill Polian said he should have been a receiver. Right. He comes out and wins MVP his second year in the league. Bill Polian, by the way, trending briefly yesterday after Lamar Jackson caught his own pass. Yeah, but so it's so, 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 right. Which is hilarious. Yeah, that is hilarious. And Giselle, too. From, my husband can't throw and catch the ball at the same right, time. Right. It's like, oh, really? Lamar can't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Lamarculate uh, reception people are calling. Oh, I not like bad. that. I like that. I saw that on Twitter yesterday. Any, anybody, anybody remember the first time you saw a quarterback catch his own pass? First, first, yeah, far Steve Young. Steve Young. Yep. Yeah, to me, it's Jim Plunkett in the World Series because I'm. I mean, excuse me, the Super Bowl, not in the World that Series. That would have been impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. It was. It was Jim Palmer yeah. in the Super Bowl. Wasn't Favre's first ever pass completed to himself? Was it really? Isn't that the the trivia question? I think Favre's first ever completion is a pass to himself hmm. on the Falcons. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Jim Plunkett for me. Everybody had an answer. That was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, the Lamarculate reception. <laughs> yeah. That's hard to say. Bill Polian, huh? Wouldn't want him in my building, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't advise me on any personnel decisions. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Do we want to talk there. to Bill Polian? He owes me one from, from uh, when we were yes, talking to we him. Yeah? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right. Yeah. Actually, Ryan Poles, done a nice job. Yeah, he's done a nice job. Yeah, absolutely. The Eberflus thing, we got some questions about. But absolutely, yeah, he's, Poles has done a very nice job. So I was just watching it, and I was thinking, like, okay, Lamar 
gets criticized like that early. We get into his corner, deservedly so. He then wins an MVP his second year in the league. Mm-hmm. Then last year, teams are running to their respective Ian Rappaports and Diana Rossini's and Jake Glazers to say, we don't want to trade for Lamar. It reeks of collusion when a third of the league has nothing at quarterback. He responds, plays chicken with the the Ravens, the no agent thing, is he a diva, whatever, gets a massive contract and backs it up with what is likely to be his second unanimous MVP. But he played poorly yesterday. He did. See, and to he, me he was not good. I I and I don't something was something was up with him. Like whether the moment got to him on just on a human level, which is completely understandable, or whether it, it was the re-inclusion of Mark Andrews back into the targets, and that kind of changed the way that he, he went through his progressions. I, I mean, and obviously there's you can have questions about did they run him enough? Did they not? Was, did they run the ball enough in general? Did they abandon it for no reason in the first half? All those kinds of things. But Lamar was not good yesterday, and that doesn't have as much to do with fields in the comp as it has to do with Lamar and the specificity of yesterday. Absolutely, but it does have something to do. Like, if you agree that the best case scenario for fields is Lamar, and I think that that's a pretty reasonable best. Lamar is awesome. Lamar is a top five quarterback in the NFL. He's uh-huh. he's two years older than Justin, and he's going to have two MVPs. I yeah. mean, if Fields became Lamar Jackson. I mean, and the threat of Lamar running is what makes things open up in the middle of the field very often. Which is why it was so bizarre that they didn't run the ball with Edwards, Hill, or Lamar yesterday. Eight rushing attempts for Lamar against 37 pass attempts mm-hmm. in a one-score game when the Chiefs have been gashed on the run as recently as last week by yeah. Josh Allen. That was crazy. Yeah. Like that, that, that was a complete, and some of that's Lamar. Some of that's play calling. So maybe it's wanting to win by passing instead of running for Lamar and his narrative. Like I, I have no idea, but it would be hard to make like, I'd rather have the quarterback that is pass first run second as their number one thing uh-huh. and plays like that. Because what Mahomes did in the first half of that game against the number one defense in the NFL was stunning. Was un- he came out and he was what 20 of 25 for yeah. 161 yards and a touchdown in the first half. Almost all of them super quick throws. There's the one absurd one that's like 9.7 seconds when he scrambles like crazy. Yeah, and then and lofts get, it. He lofts it to Kelsey, who makes an adjustment with the ball in the air. But a ton of the other ones were just like quick throws, just getting it out there to to, to mitigate the pass rush. It was it was amazing. Yeah. And, and Kelsey, the same thing. Like Hamilton hasn't given up a touchdown against a tight end all season. Best safety in the NFL at guarding tight ends. Roquan and Patrick Queen, best linebacker duo. Ravens, best defense in the NFL mm-hmm. against tight ends. Kelsey, he dominates Miami, backup defenders, dominates Pittsburgh, ba- or, uh, uh, Buffalo, backup linebackers. Goes out there. He's seven catches away from passing Jerry Rice for the all-time postseason record. And he has nine in the first half. Like that, It was just, it was like you were just watching the two greatest to ever do it in their prime against this unbelievable challenger go out there and do it. And I was like, I want one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, if you were building a team and you had the choice to, to aspire towards Lamar or to aspire towards Mahomes, 
I and you, by you, the way, you, it's overwhelmingly likely that Fields will not be as good as Lamar and Caleb will not be as good as Mahomes. I'm not saying that they will be. But, but stylistically. Which direction would you rather stylistically aspire to? Uh-huh. I think it's pretty clearly Mahomes. It it it, it is. It, it is because because this is the truth of it is that you have always known, and if you haven't, maybe you know it more now. You need somebody who's really good from the pocket. You just do. You need a really good pocket passer. And Mahomes is a great and brilliant pocket passer who can also be transcendent off schedule. And Justin is just simply not. He's just simply not. And after 38 starts, it's very inconsistent. After 38 starts, I, I think you know. So you take a shot when that guy is a very, very good and quick triggered pocket passer. And that Caleb is that Caleb is a pocket passer who, who will create and will get off schedule and can make magic happen a la Mahomes, but he can also sit in the pocket and destroy you, which is not something that Justin has, has proven that he can do. Did you find yourself having like thinking about that when you're watching those two guys or no? I, I, I didn't as much because I'm I've gotten to the place where I know what I want to do. Sure. On it. I mean, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. So, but I just know that it's there's a lot of people that are on the other side of it and so i'm always just interested in like exploring it understanding it following the audience like thinking about how they're watching the games etc no i mean i think the lamar and justin comp is an imperfect one because they're 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 different guys and and different different people and while justin is fast as hell lamar is explosive and and quick and like and also just has a has a control over the field when he's when he's running at his best that is really very very unique. If if Fields had shown the passing production from the pocket that Lamar showed this year or his MVP year, his first MVP year, mm-hmm. they would be trading the pick. It would not it would not be a question. Like, Lamar is incredible. You know, yeah. he, he he's an amazing football player who at, is arguably the toughest guy to game yeah. plan against in the entire league. For, yeah, for sure. But when, you know, and this has always been the question, when they get down and everybody knows you are going to drop back and just throw, 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 can you pick it apart? And he has shown abilities to do that. That's why I was, like, bummed to not see him play better yesterday. I wanted him to validate all that stuff. Yeah, and, I mean, you could tell his teammates said it after the game that they wanted it for him and they wanted it for he, – he is an unfairly – he has been an unfairly maligned player. Uh, but I do think then it's almost gone too far the other way. Pony said it on first and pot. I thought it was a good point. He's like, if Aaron Rodgers had the game that Lamar just had in – the AFC Championship game, people would be smoking victory cigars on TV, celebrating and making fun of him for coming up short in a big moment. Mm-hmm. And that is not how Lamar gets treated. And I think it's because we we like him and we feel like he has been treated so unfairly. Yeah, but the other thing is, it, it, he, Lamar Jackson has shown you that he can win and and they can win a lot of games with non-traditional numbers and stat lines. I mean, look at the numbers against the Texans. His numbers against the Texans. They Historic, were, yeah, it, never happened before. Yeah, right, but with the, with the touchdown, but there was like plenty of rushing yards in there with the touchdowns. The passing yards, there wasn't a crazy amount of... It was 152. Yeah, yeah. 152 passing yards. So yeah. it's like, you know, to, 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 to see Rodgers... You know, have a game like this would be a very different kind of statistical read. I guess I just mean like he was he was bad. He was bad. He was definitely he had, bad. He had what do you have? Two good plays. He had mm-hmm. the thirty yard touchdown, which was vintage Lamar. 
and then he had the completion to himself, which was at least partly luck. Yeah. I guess he had the the fourth the, the fourth down run. The fourth down run. That was, was a great play. That was a gorgeous design. And I was like, that was part of that first quarter. I'm like, here we effing go. Yeah. Because it was just a couple of plays before the touchdown, which was, as you say, an exquisite, like, improv. And then, you know, scramble drill with Zay Flowers and a perfect throw. But, man, it just his level of control on that fourth down run, I thought we were in for greatness. And then it just didn't happen. I actually thought that was Romo's best moment. I still think he sees the game well about, okay, you've got to do this. You've got to, this is a sideline play. You, you can use the middle of the field here. You, like, he said that the defense, how they were lined up on that uh, fourth and short, mm-hmm. they were susceptible to the big play. I, I, I thought that they, I thought that that was actually, cause like, and then he's like, he could take this one to the house based on how the defense is set up if they're not careful. Mm-hmm. And then he broke it for 20 yards. And then afterwards he's like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, because of how they put everybody up there, yeah. you're selling out to stop him in short yardage. And then he gets to the second level. He can take off. I was like, oh, that was a good call by Romo. Yeah. No, but he, he can do much, that every once in a while. Cause he, he knows that part of it. It's just the communicating thoughts with speech. That's uh, the it, issue. Yeah. Can I give you, <laughs> it seems to be an issue. Can I give you what I thought was not one of Tony Romo's good moments? Was it? Any other moment in the game? Well, it was this one. Okay. The one Achilles heel for Kansas City is throwing the ball to backs, tight ends, not wide receivers, and running the ball. Okay, so that's the one Achilles heel. For those playing at home, the one Achilles heel is throwing the ball to backs and tight ends and running the ball. That's the one Achilles heel. <laughs> Anybody else have it? Shane, you were not happy like with more Romo than one yesterday. It seems like more than one. No, here's the thing, brother. Tony Romo is just kind of a dumbass. <laughs> I, I'm I'm tired of of listening to hear him struggle to complete sentences, struggle oh. to find adjectives and descriptors for oh. quality of play, and and struggling to it's all great to play off of what Nance's do. Like Jim Nance could do both jobs by himself, mm-hmm. better than what Tony Romo is, is doing currently. This is not fun territory. Yesterday he said the ball mattered more in that game than any other football. What the hell, dude? And that ball is out. Chiefs ball in games like this. The ball matters more than any game. Just, just games like this, Tony? <laughs> What's so special about this one where the ball matters more than the other ones? Ball. God, dude, I hate hyperbole like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, get He's ready. an idiot. Get ready. He's, he's, gonna, he's, he's gonna, got the Super Bowl. He's going to call the Super Bowl. Great. Well, I'm not watching oh, this year. <laughs> for other the reasons. One Achilles heel for Kansas City. One. Is throwing the ball to backs, tight ends, not wide receivers, and running the ball. That's the one Achilles heel. Just gets in the way. It's three different parts of the that's game. That's multiple. That's multiple heels. Achilles heels. In fact, Kansas City played here, Tony, back during COVID. So it's the second trip here for Patrick Mahomes. But he played before zero fans on that occasion. And tonight there are 70,000 plus who are screaming against him. Well, that's how many fans I play in front of normally at my house. Pretend like they're all there, but there's zero. But right now, that's why you work all season, Jim. Uh, what is he any, saying? Is, it, is, it, is it A-Rod? Are we dealing with an A-Rod situation? No, A-Rod's better than this. No, no, yes, no, he is. no. A-Rod's better than this. No. Speaking of iPads, Stripling has not allowed a home run in 2019. <laughs> like, oh, we, I just got that for the first time. He looked down and saw it on his iPad. <laughs> right? Hey, is that what it is? Well, speaking of iPads, I have one. <laughs> this cool? Speaking of Windows... 
I'm assuming you're a Steeler fan. <laughs> Listen, A-Rod's a dumbass, but he's not as big of a dumbass as Tony Romo I is. disagree. He's not. I disagree. I think it's just been a while since you've heard A-Rod. Yeah, as soon as you hear A-Rod, you'll be ba- right ba- back In baseball season, you'll be like, A-Rod is much worse than She Tony wants some more salsa. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun to me. That's, like, no, it's not. Listening to Tony Romo try to figure out football, it's um, not fun to me. Oh, my God. He, he would, you would assume he never played it down. The wizard is still... <laughs> Wizardry. <laughs> what we, 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 you know we deserve better than that. We yes, do. Of course. We do. We deserve Greg Olson. Of course. I'll take that 22-year-old dork who was calling the last Bears game, that little kid. What's his name, Danny? Oh, he, he we was had the to play, look up his name. He was the play-by-play guy. No, his name. Yeah, it's play-by-play guy. Jason, uh, yeah. Jason somebody. Well, no. Well, yeah. There's a lot of Jasons. Or yeah. There's a McCourty. We don't know which one still. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, look, McCourty's have always confused me, as have Plumleys and Zellers. I, I, I don't understand Plumleys, Zellers, or McCourty's. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great at all. (laughs) No. No, he sucks. I love when Danny feels like he's lost complete control. It's fine. (laughs) I thought they missed Brandon Jones, the left tackle. Uh Uh-oh. That's not him. Yeah. Yeah, the wizard being wizardry. That's that's incredible. Guys, he sucks. (sighs) You're going to get it put on a shirt, though, I saw. Yeah, obvious shirts want to make the shirt. Tony Romo sucks, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would sell. Joe Johnson at Obvious Shirts could just take half of my tweets and you'd make millions. Yeah, he might do that. Millions, dude. Just don't go back to like May. You've got you, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> tweets that are still up. Uh, I'm worried though. I don't know what his ranking is right now among shirt sellers, but if he does use your tweets, I'm afraid he would drop. Oh. See, yeah, I did, no. really, I did that. I killed the vibe. You did. It's I did. A, I welcome back it. from the DR. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good to have. Is there a, a nice positive week? vibe no, in here right now? It's good to be back. It's a real nice week. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's happy though. People seem bored with greatness, and I want you guys to explain it to me next on the score. Hey everybody, we are live. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Strange twists and turns with the guys over there on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score. We're having a little fun. Shout out to Jerry Rice, baby. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs, and believe it, you got to fight for your right to ball. Man, you corny. <laughs> oh, my God. Hate, 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 hate. Now, here's the thing. I might be too close to the situation because I definitely dated Taylor Swift. Obviously. Obviously, and I'm love, jealous. You love living color. <laughs> Famously. Yeah, you uh, sing the Beastie Boys in your spare time. I was very ready to be done with the Patriots. I, w- I was I was ready for them to be done. It's like, ah, oh, come on, we need some new blood in here. Uh-huh. It's sickening how long this has lasted. But, I mean, Belichick is 70. Brady was into his 40s and still winning. Like, I, Mahomes is 28 years old. Like, I, I, look, I, don't, I look at this as being the middle, maybe even closer to the beginning than the end of his great run. I mean, if that guy plays another decade plus, we're going to be watching a lot of big time moments from Patrick Mahomes. So I don't find myself tired of the chiefs dominance at all, but I know I worked there for six years. My mom's family from there. Steph's a fan. Like I covered the team. So maybe they're super unlikable and I'm just not seeing it because I'm too close to the situation. I don't find them unlikable either. Um, I'm not. Yeah. The the Patriots thing is interesting. The Pats, like they evolved and that kept it interesting for me for a while. And then they were just kind of holding on. And and I felt like, you know, there was uh, 
an imitation Wes Welker, and then another imitation Amendola. You know yeah, what I mean? And like, an Edelman. Yeah, and an Edelman. Like it was like, okay, what are we doing here? I feel like the Chiefs thing is evolving in ways that it has to. Like this is a very different offense than it has been in previous years. Best, best defense of the Mahomes era for sure and arguably the best rushing offense of the Mahomes era I mean and look who he's throwing to Kelsey is a shell of his former self and now is doing it on like wild and and just smarts and angles and stuff like that because he doesn't have the speed or the explosiveness Rasheed Rice is a big run after the catch guy Marquez Valdez Scantling is having like a resurgence and and making good on his possibilities after and now catching deep balls but it's they're a running team with Pacheco man and I love Pacheco. Pacheco's fun as hell. He runs hard. The, the different ways that they use him, he looks like he swallowed the star on Mario Brothers. And I was just <laughs> boom, 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 just like completely explosive and, and just does, doesn't get stopped. And they use him a million different ways. I find this to be offensively a really intriguing evolution, and I wasn't sure that Mahomes could do it, frankly. See, I didn't have any doubt that he could do it. I guess you could argue that he's not because it's the defense that's making it right. I mean, they, they scored 17 yesterday and the defense has been so good and he won the MVP the year after they lost Tyreek Hill. Like you go back and look at the box score of the Super Bowl that they won last year. They scored 38 points. It's not like there were a bunch of household names other than Kelsey yeah. in that receiving core. But this it was, was just, even it, thinner this year. I thought that it, that it caught up with him this year. Well, I think what happened is, is that last year Kelsey didn't look like he had lost a step. And so, like, Kelsey was the best tight end in football by far last year, and he wasn't this year. Laporta was better, and he was a upper echelon tight end, but he was not the best and not consistently great. And they led the league in drops. So, like, nobody was doing anything with any degree of consistency. You're right. Rice has been a lot better recently, and mm-hmm. he seems to be finally – they finally seem to have somebody emerging. Like, Sky Moore, bust. Bust. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, bust. Tony. Uh, Tony, 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 bust. So I, I think the fact that Mahomes is now like confident and comfortable with Rice has made a lot of other things fall into place. It has, but I, I'm not. I'm not I, bored of them. You're not. So you're not bored of I, them. I think Chris Jones is awesome, yeah. and I love watching him dominate. Like, yeah, no, and I think uh, I don't know. I, I, I find I find most of it enjoyable and likable still. Yeah. I, Texter, Texter's coming in uh, nicely here. You're too close to the situation, Danny, because you are also super unlikable. Oh, thanks. Oh, wow. <laughs> I yeah, stole my thunder. Yeah, I mean, I, come I, on, I, man. It cuts right to the heart of Tanny's issue with me. Uh, but uh, that that hurts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Danny. read it and say it? Uh, this is funny. This is funny. Yeah. That guy's listening Good too text. closely. Good yeah, text, yeah, 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 yeah. That's not me. Don't do that. Yeah, no, that don't. That's it wasn't Shane. It was Porth. No, I, I, do that during, different thing. I do that during the midday show, not during this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys find the Chiefs to be unlikable? Oh, my God, yes. I mean, see, here's the thing. So I appreciate greatness. I appreciate Mahomes. I appreciate Andy Reid. I appreciate that, that Travis Kelsey's one of the best to ever do it. But to a point, I think this is the year we've all grown a little tired of the Cole Kelsey thing, right? And to your point about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, I loved that dynasty because it was like rooting for the bad guy in the movies because, you know, they were always going to be there and they were going to be super boring about it and they were just going to whip your ass every time. (laughs) And as a matter of fact, like, I wish that Tom Brady were quarterbacking the Niners so I couldn't, you know, not rest uh yeah i cannot you know i won't lose any sleep thinking about whether or not if the niners could beat the chiefs because with tom brady was on the other side oh 
take this one to Canton, you know? So, yeah. But the thing is, like, I'm so tired of everything that comes with a team that you've seen in the Super Bowl this many in the title game this many years in a row you you find out everything about everyone's family and you got to see them all the time you know you you got you know this person <laughs> you can ignore her. <laughs> well, you try. Who was that? Was that Brittany? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, we'll, let yeah. Pat, we'll let Pat speak on that in just a minute. But also, well, he, Pat can't be here. I mean, it's the day after a game well, like that. Well, we'll see. Uh, but just He's here. You, you know about everything, and you got to hear about the fetishizing of the fan base and Arrowhead and how it's the best. It you is know, great. It, See, they've, that's they've what good, I'm talking about right good, here. Good barbecue there. The, the avatar of all this. That's why Danny's right too here. close to it. And then my my former favorite <laughs> baseball team, not the Pittsburghers, they're modeling themselves after a Kansas City Royals franchise who hasn't won anything in ten years. Uh, so there's that, like this whole Kansas City thing, the Matt Nagy thing. I'm just uh, I'm done with all the Kansas City stuff already. Just with anything in my all life. All right. Well, the good news for I'm you is get you some Jack Stack barbecue. <laughs> yeah, you got you got two more weeks of that. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just it's just enough already. <laughs> good lord. <laughs> <laughs> like I like I, I wish it were just like I wish I was one of these people that could just tune in when the game starts. You know, shut it off. Good. That makes it tough for you. Hey man, there's well, the, we can because of our industry and what we do. You have to consume everything. Along there is with it. there are more things to learn. There are <laughs> there are more things to learn. Number one, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is in nursing school. Okay, he's committed to being a nurse at the end of his career. Did you know a that male, a male nurse? Yeah. Well, yeah, like, just a nurse, Shane. I got to point out. I take fuckers it, in healthcare. He's a male nurse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I take it back. That's your portfolio, Greg. Yeah, it's a strong, strong, quite strong. All right, so he, he, he's in nursing school. I did Here's enjoy Kadarius Tony's rant on Instagram Live. The other <laughs> there day. you go. That was something. Oh, this is different. Uh, <laughs> I like this. It's a little spicy. I'm yeah. alive. Um, and then there's this. I had to go to the internet yesterday to find out whether Trent McDuffie was the son of former Dolphins wide OJ? receiver O.J. McDuffie. The answer is no. Oh. But I, I was very disappointed I to find the out. Same, Didn't yeah. you wonder that? I did. It's the same spelling. I'm like, he's got to be related, and he's not. So we don't. you don't know everything about all their families. You don't. Did you know, for instance, that Carl Allegretti, big friend of the score, <laughs> fan of the Some station. folks just found that out yes. today. Yes. <laughs> Three of the four of us do that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, Speaks. We've been giggling about that one back here. Oh, I mean, man. Yes. There's, there's no one outside of who works here promoted more by Mitch than Carl Allegretti. <laughs> You can't stop talking about Carl. Uh, yeah. So I take so it back. Funny. We are rooting for the Algretti family. One yes. There you go. Yes. But I think a lot of this resentment comes from just the Bears aspect of it. Like to know that you had one guy in power who who fell in love with Mitch Trubisky, didn't do his due diligence. So there's resentment. Like I know it wouldn't be the same because you don't have Andy Reid here, but it would be better. Like I think Pat Mahomes would still be here if he were a Bear. Oh, like he, yes. oh yes. You know what I mean? Like he's there. They, they wouldn't have let him go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and he would be very 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 good like it it says something that like he's elevated everything andy reed never won the big one until he got pat mahomes yes and he's always been a great coach yes but then again of course you know player personnel a little bit better in kansas city than it was in philly but you got the one guy you know lucked into him basically you know because one guy was dumb enough to choose the guy that wasn't good you know i I mean listen reed went to five nfc championship games and one super bowl in philly it's pretty awesome He's, he's an awesome coach and then he won in Kansas City with Alex Smith. And then they trade up from 27 to 10 and take Mahomes in front of Deshaun Watson. Like, they they had the conviction. And they sat him behind him and all that. So it, it is the goal. And I, I'm glad that Tanny gave some credence to it because whenever I talk about it, I get either, like, 
so, I mean, listen, I don't want to pretend I don't get any agreement, but like a lot of like go back to Kansas City or get over it with the Mahomes Trubisky thing. Well, that's I, just how people react to no, things. I, no, I understand that. But what and I'm you. saying, yeah, sure. And I know that I bring it out of people, but I sh- I looked it up yesterday. Mahomes now has 14 playoff victories. The Bears in the Super Bowl era have 10. Yeah. As a franchise. Yeah, thanks. That, that is that is insane. That's, that's gonna endear people to you. But it, it, it's it's counting. Yeah. It's just facts and math. That is that is a crazy thing. So and like he has the most playoff wins of anyone under 30. And he's 28. Yeah, you got a couple more years by my count. So, so like, or at least one. You got one. Yeah, next year's postseason, he will still be under 30. It's just, I don't know. Like, if you're, I guess my point is, if you're already bored or sick and tired of watching him win, like Kelsey will be retired in a year or two. We'll see how long Reed coaches, though. I don't think he's giving it up anytime soon because. Why? Why would you? Why? No, why? You, why, you why keep would you? on rolling. Uh, I think he's done a great job uh, with this year, and and that's I I just it's easy to appreciate um, the job that that he's done, <laughs> in, in my opinion. Hey, look, if you're a Bears fan and you need something positive about Bears and Bears history, do you see this? The NFL's most influential teams is coming out where they're counting down the top fifty most influential teams. From the history of the NFL, there's been 2,300 teams over all the years. There's a giant panel, which includes our guy Peter King, so we're going to ask him about it tomorrow, that has come together and ranked the top 50 teams of all time. and fifty Based on influence, right? Based on influence. Yeah, most influential. And I wonder how high the 85 Bears are going to be. One. I think they're going to be one? Yeah. I think Maybe I mean- outside of like the undefeated Patriots team? But, I don't know. But influence? Influence, the way that... that the Ra- Ravens team, I mean, you saw it kind of out there on full display yesterday. Ray Lewis still very much a part of it, and you have the Roquan Smith lineage, people comping him to Ray Lewis. Like, I think that in the modern era, I think the 85 Bears thing has kind of lost a little bit of that in, in today's game anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I got to be honest. I just saw the graphic of the panelists. I didn't read, like, with the full... Uh, the 50 like, most impactful teams in NFL history. So uh, not, impactful. Yeah, one. One. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, m- maybe if they wanted to split. Like, I don't know if there's a specific 49ers I, team, but like a Bill yeah. Walsh, Montana 49ers team in terms of. But I think that's the, the problem. The future of offense and all of that. If I had to predict, so like 72 Dolphins, 85 Bears, 2,000 Ravens, right? Like that's probably one, two, three. I mean, yeah. I mean, to, to sh- 07 Patriots probably should get a mention. Uh-huh. Uh, how would you lump those Cowboys teams? Because you know what I mean? Like if, if, I, could, if I could take. 92, 93, 95 Cowboys and make them one team, America's yeah. team, the explosion of the television ratings with the NFL. But it's tough to just pick one team from that era and say that's the definitive team of that era. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm looking at the write-ups. Number 50 was the 1990 New York Giants. Then you've got the Tom Brady Buccaneers at 49. Uh, but th- basically the write-ups are like why they mattered and then quotes and analysis and stuff like that. I think uh, for sure 85 Bears will be top five, probably top three. But it, it, it's interesting to me because I'm fascinated if the impact is being based on 
schematics or the way the league, this copycat league, then followed and you had a bunch of teams coming through it, how many teams became, how many coaches on that staff became coaches? I'd want to know how they're defining influence, and my guess is if the panelists are like that wide, they're just leaving it up to their own interpretation. And so mm-hmm. that's going to be tricky to get. Not everybody will vote the same way. Mm-hmm. is going to be the interesting part of how that shakes up. Favre Packers, the Super Bowl Packers under Favre. Yeah. They won the one, but all the coaches that were there. All those coaches, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Gruden's there, and Mariucci's there, and Andy Reid is there. Uh, all of it. Like, I wonder, I, I oh, I, I wonder if, the, like, even, would you put the 2013 Washington team on there just because McVay and LaFleur and all those guys are I, there? Probably you know, not. I, You know who else was on that coaching staff? It's a legendary coaching staff, right? You know who else was on there? I found this out last night. Richard Hightower. HT, Number one, most impactful. Number one. HT, baby. We got a lot of special teams coordinators. (laughs) (laughs) Big week for HT. Down at the Shrine Bowl. Love it. Yep. We just got off the the home with him earlier. Did? No, dude. (laughs) Sorry. I'm not talking HT on the home. No, the Bears are... There was Mike Tomlin in Mobile, right? They wanted to be in the Super Bowl, but they're coaching these. What is it? It's the Shrine Game and the Shrine Game Senior Bowl. and the Senior Bowl. Bears have six coaches. Sweet. We're going on there every year. They're like, well, you know, it's going to be available. The Bears, <laughs> the Bears coaching staff <laughs> should be available to work that who, week. Who's who are they? Don't know. Don't care. Doesn't matter. But I know they're not in the playoffs. They've got coaches. You can and, schedule that a year in advance and, if you want to. They're available. It all sucks. It does. Yeah. Um. It's not degrees of suck. Um, it all sucks. Um, I'd rather be working. Um, the thought of going to Mobile turns my stomach. Um, not that I dislike Mobile. No yeah. offense. No offense to the cat. I, the amount of brick walls I would run through for that man. Yeah, that's a great. Work. You could line up as many brick walls as you could find. All of the brick. Walls. I would run. We do not care. <laughs> the strongest brick walls. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. Okay, it sounds like Paul Pabst. Everybody in agreement there. It sounds like yeah, McLovin. I don't see any other possible interpretation. It's Paul Pabst. I mean, it's good to know. The power of this air radio station. <laughs> we say his name, and then here he is. Yeah, you said he commented on uh, on something. Well, he said, don't, you know, save it. When I was reminding people uh, between the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game that I had picked Chiefs-Lions, and I was like, oh, Paulie, there are more tweets where this came from. This is just like <laughs> a uh, – I could spike the ball more than once. <laughs> I, I, I can do the look at me tweet more than once. But we're just getting to know each other a little bit. But uh, – I don't know. We mentioned his name, and now he's on the show. What up, Paulie? I got a call from one of my bros in Calumet City. That's how deep this show goes. And said, "Hey, you're they're talking about you on the show. You know what? I'm going to give you. I'm going to retract my uh, criticism. I'm going to say premature bragging is is now cool. I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. Oh my god, that <laughs> was you. too easy, Thank Paul. You. Make him work yeah, for I, it. My God. I know. I thought about it because I was like, you know, he's calling a shot. He's going to Lions. Are in, you know, you're calling the Super Bowl. Fantastic. Yeah. I was kind of proud of you, but I'm like. Ooh, if you could have waited just like maybe third quarter, Lions have a lead, then you start trolling it out there. Yeah, that's how a smart person would do it. But then <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you know what? I can just restart retweeting myself as much attention. Right. You know, there's a lot of action. A lot of people on Twitter during and, those games. 
And you probably got more attention for being wrong than being right. And now you've gotten to the heart of the issue. They, they, <laughs> people are like, you should be fired for uh, that wrong prediction. I'm like, oh, you don't know how the hey, business works. Come on, man. That's not why you should be fired. <laughs> okay, thanks. So, thanks. so no, Paul, thank you. you know, I wonder how does Dan Patrick deal with like whether he's right or not? Because this is it's it can be an ethical question. Do you want to, you know, scream to the rooftops when you were correct and just pretend that, that you never said anything when you're wrong? How does he deal with it? We try to all poke fun at each other. Like if we make a prediction on on Friday what happens in a game and one of us nails it, we pat him on the back. If one of us just completely whiffs, we do it. And we try to do it regularly because there's a lot of shows out there. And I think especially shows that pick against the spread. When someone goes 5-1, and one, they talk about it for a week and a half. When they go 1-5, and five, it, it's crickets. Did you hear how Danny started the year? Uh, yeah, Paul, did you hear I started 15-0 and 0 against the spread this year? Then went, oh. it, but you know what's funny? Yeah. Now, after you go 15-0 against the spread – should people that next week start betting against you because you're destined to cool off? Oh, 100%, yes. 100%. But what happened to me was I was like, you know what? I'm mad that I'm not getting any attention for this. Had our video <laughs> guy cut together a, a montage of the 15 picks. The Next week, we pick three games a week. Immediately went 0-3. Next week, immediately went 0-3. So it went from 15-0 and 0 to 15-6. and 6. Sad You story. probably could have got a job with one of the betting sites if you just stuck with the 15-0 thing and just stopped. Put a stop to it right there. I know. Put my, put my kids through college. I was trying. I was trying. I'm curious on the show today. Are you guys, I mean, none of us are Lions fans, but I think we're fans of the Lions story of struggle because it's, there really are the Cubs of of football. Was there kind of a empathetic tone today with what happened with the Lions yesterday? Very much so. We, we took calls from Lions fans, including someone called in who was at Ford field at the, at the watch party. You know, one one guy called in and said that he wanted Dan Campbell fired. I mean, people <laughs> people were were going through it today, man. And of course, we sympathize with them. They're likable. Well, and here's the thing, Paul. They were a dysfunctional mm-hmm. family business, just like the Bears, as recently as four years ago. Then Martha Firestone hands over the team to Sheila Hamp, right? And she hires Brad Holmes and hires Chris Spielman and hires Dan Campbell. So it's hope. It's hope. It's a model of what can happen if all of a sudden smart ownership hires good people and lets them do their thing. It is, though, but it's more frustrating when you see the Packers make the playoffs and they got their new quarterback and you see the Lions an inch away from the Super Bowl. It's, like, more frustrating. When I watched that game, you know what I came out with it from? Like, if I'm a Lions fan, you know, you're just in this mass of pain today. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It reminds me of the 03 Cubs. Because I remember when the 03 Cubs lost. You guys remember. It was as painful as it gets. But there was also that silver lining of we got Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor. We're going to be in the playoffs every year. And Mm. I don't think they won a playoff game for 12 years after that game. I think that's why the 04 Cubs is one of the most loathed teams in the history of this town. (laughs) Exactly right. Yeah. I just want the Bears to be able to lose in heartbreaking fashion in a game that matters. Because that means they were in a game that matters. We aspire to have a day like that. Yeah. Exactly. Paulie, thanks for listening, man, or at least having someone in Calumet City who listens. <laughs> that counts, too. Thank oh, you. you're huge in Cal City, guys. All right, buddy. We'll talk later. That's Paul later. Pabst from the Dan Patrick Show. Big Bears fan. Big Chicago sports fan. Yeah, the 03 Cubs comp yeah. to the way that felt for Lions fans yesterday and the market will leave is appropriate. And you can't help but think about it when Dan Campbell says, it's hard to get back. I want to get back, but it is hard to get back. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, you don't. Think about the most painful sports loss of your life. That's what that is for Detroit sports fans. And it's just, it has to be one, two. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's an yeah. all-timer. Thank you to Derek Stevens and Kurt Warner. They were our guests on today's program. Thank you to 
Connor O'Donnell, Kevin Lapka, Twitch chat, video stream. Thank you, sirs. Shane Reardon, our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill making us sound better than we are each and every day. Clay Harbor and Gabe Ramirez follow us, so stay tuned for them. Good to have you back. Thank you, sir. Nice to be back. Got some tales from the Dominican to share with you guys tomorrow. He is Matt Spiegel. I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is the score. I mean, go ahead. Good luck. That's what I say. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.